This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life with Coach Skip Hall is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. Therapeutic Associates Physical Therapy, your partner in health. Bacon, you gotta love it. Mass Mutual will help you get there. And Summer's Funeral Home, every life leaves a legacy. The Eagle and North End 76 stations and on-the-fly service station on Collister and State. McDowell Specialty Repair. Hendrickson's Fine Jewelry, the place to go for that special someone. And Matt Boucher of Amerihurst Madison Realty and Terry Hefner from Guild Mortgage. Exceed your real estate goals. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is your host, Skip Hall. Well, today I have a good friend here in studio with me. He's an Idaho boy, so to speak. Been a successful Christian businessman, a great influencer, uh, encouraged a lot of folks in the community, involved with a lot of uh, faith-based organizations as well as other community things. And so we're going to hear the story of John Barnes, and then we're going to dive into something that I think is so important, especially in this day and age, and that is encouragement, the, the power of positive influence. So we'll tackle that a little bit later. But first of all, John, welcome to Game Plan for Life. Well, Skip, it's a real uh, pleasure to be here and a real uh, joy to be able to come and uh, to share. Thank you. Well, your story is, is, is a tremendous one, and I want uh, people to, to hear it. And uh, so let's have you go back and pick it up where you'd like to. I know you moved to Idaho when you were eight years old. and So kind of take us uh, through your story up to this point. We moved from Medford, Oregon uh, in 1953. Uh, my father was a Chevrolet dealer here in Boise for 28 years. So um, I have four, four siblings, and uh, we, I graduated from Bora High School in 1963. Um, we weren't a Christian family. We did attend one of the, the uh, big churches downtown, and, but I never heard about the message of knowing Jesus as my own personal Savior. And... Um, I, in high school, um, I was, uh, where the action was would kind of be where I was. If it was uh, dancing at the Miramar Ballroom or sure. down, or down <laughs> the Fiesta Ballroom or wherever trying to win the twist contest, I was there right in the go. center of all of it. Uh, in hot rods, uh, my father being a, a car dealer, I had like 16 hot rods through high school and college and still do like uh, automobiles. But my life took a real, I, I got in with the wrong crowd, and uh, the uh, kind of crowd that was lawless and uh, drank too much and uh, drove too fast, and uh, I ended up with quite a police record for fighting in the you dance were a halls. popular guy downtown. <laughs> popular guy downtown. <laughs> and I remember being escorted from the Fiesta Ballroom, which was right next to Boise Police Department, <laughs> around the, the corner to the police station one night. He didn't have far to go. Didn't have far to go, but... Uh, I, I really got, like I say, got into the wrong crowd and uh, living life in the fast lane and, and everything that went with that. And so uh, my life just kind of continued to spiral on into college. I just partied a little more 
uh, you know, more sophisticatedly. And, and uh, I remember on my 20th birthday, um, in, in the old days here, they give you a pitcher of beer on your 20th birthday, and I'd already been using fake ID, and we mm-hmm. started early in the afternoon mm-hmm. August 27, 1965, and the long and short of it is the driver kept drinking more than me, and oh. I kept trying, trying to tell Tim, Tim, slow down the drinking. <laughs> anyway, the long and short of it is we got in a head-on collision in Capitol Boulevard, Ooh. and uh, we hit uh, some airmen, and uh, we should have all been killed. There was no seat belts in those days. But God was at work. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, nobody got got uh, hurt really, really bad. And uh, and I, I started thinking after that happened, as I was down in the hospital, I remember we were down at St. Al's, and I was thinking, you know, John, everybody could have died just because yeah. of your yeah. 20th birthday here yeah. and, and the wild life that you're living. So, but I, I thought, well, I'll change myself. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll just quit drinking and I'll quit hanging out with this bunch that does this. Well, that went on for about three weeks. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, and uh, I was back in in with the same crowd. It was about two years uh, later. Uh, we were having a big party uh, for all of us in the business school at Boise. Uh, Jun- it was Boise College then. Uh huh. We were all seniors, and um, I got a after I got home late after this party, and I was really, really, really hungover. And I got a call at seven o'clock in the morning. And an old family friend wanted to take me to church. Ooh. And I remember wobbling, my mom waking me up and me wobbling down the hall to answer the phone. And I said, oh, Clark, I, I, I really don't want to go. I don't feel like going. I don't yeah. feel like going. But anyway, long and short it is, I went and I heard a message that I'd never heard before. That God, uh, God loved me and he had a, a plan for my life. Mm. And, that, and that plan was through Jesus Christ. And he's the one who bridged the gap between myself and God mm-hmm. but it was sin that was separating me right, right from knowing him and that sin led to death and I I, I could see that all around me and uh, that night uh, in March uh, 1967 um, I bowed my head and uh, prayed the prayer on page 10 there the four spiritual laws mm-hmm. and inviting Jesus into my heart to be my Lord and Savior and uh, I, I couldn't believe the change that he did in my life. As I, I had to kind of learn to speak again because there's too many four-letter words coming out of my mouth. But he gave me a new set of friends. Um, he he uh, he gave me real joy uh, and and real relationships with people. I went on and uh, we got I got married to my wife Mimi of 48 years, um, and we I met her in uh, 1969, and uh, now we have. Three children and eight grandchildren, um, and God has been really good. I, for a profession, I uh, was a land developer. I started out selling used cars and worked through all the things in an automobile agency. But I wanted to kind of get away because uh, that was a kind of a seven day a week program. Sure. So anyway, I got into that, and I and I, um, I really wanted to serve the Lord full time, and I remember being on my knees. I, I went to Multnomah School of the Bible after I graduated with a business degree down here at Boise, and over to Multnomah School of the Bible, and I, I really wanted to be uh, a pilot for MAF mm-hmm. and uh, Mission Aviation, I, Mission Aviation mm-hmm. Fellowship. Yep. Well, God didn't. That wasn't God's plan, and so. I remember Skip coming back uh, and and going to work selling used cars, and and I wasn't as appreciative for the job as I should have been. My mm-hmm. attitude wasn't as good as it should have been mm-hmm. toward my father. 
Anyway, I, I got on my knees. I was really in tears one night, and we were living in a mobile home, and I just asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. But I said, one thing I ask is that you give me the ability to influence this valley for you mm-hmm. and the men and the people I'm around. Yep. yep. And, uh, and, 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 and really, uh, I look back, Skip, and God's done that in spades. It's oh, really, really, absolutely. really, really, really exciting. Um, coming back, and so I've been involved in, in a lot of things uh, out in the valley and the outreaches starting back in 1976 with the I Found It campaign of Campus Crusades for Christ. But I don't want to talk about those things so much. Mm-hmm. Um, involved in a leadership in a local church for a long time. But I, I really, um, early on, I didn't have a real heart to, uh, I was kind of independent, uh, a bit bit arrogant, and a little self-righteous. So there's a lot of things God had to do to change my heart, to make me really an instrument he could use. Well, he's in the life-changing business. He's in the, he's always in the, has been, always will he, be. He's in the life-changing business. And I, I was too concerned about uh, being a successful land developer, and I was, but I, I, I would, my focus was too much on that. And I remember one day a pastor friend put his bony finger in my chest, and he said, now, John, I want to tell you something. When you realize people are more important than your day runner, mm-hmm. God's going to use you. And, and that really, really came in and <clears throat> sank deep into my heart. And it wasn't shortly, it was shortly after that. I thought, well, I, I've got to, God, you do a work in my heart. You, you give me a love for men and a, and a, and a desire to, to get to know and to move toward men. And God brought a test along just a short time right after that. And I remember I was sitting in my office, had about 13 things on my to-do list. Mm-hmm. And in comes an old friend, and he just wanted to talk. He was really hurting over a situation he was in. And, there was a, and I had a fight <laughs> between myself and God, whether I was going to sit there and listen and minister to my friend Dwight, or I was going to say, Dwight, I'm too busy. Yeah. And I'm thankful that I said, okay, Lord, I surrender. And uh, so I have asked God over the years, and this has been a developing thing. It hasn't been anything miraculous or fast, but I've said, God, help me to love the men I'm around. And and when you bring one to mind for me to call them, to text them, to maybe write them a note, but, but to, to move toward them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what we need today. There's not enough men pursuing other men out yeah. here. Yes. And, and we as men, all of you out there that are hearing this, know that we tend to be aloof. We tend to be independent islands unto ourselves. And we don't want to move and really share what's in our heart. We'll put on a show on the outside. Right. But nobody knows what's going on in our heart. Mm-hmm. Yep. And gentlemen, I, we, we need to come to the place where we're more translucent and, str- and, and we share our own struggles. And through those, we can encourage and love and minister mm. uh, to each other. And so that's kind of how it all kind of got started. That was way back in the, the 70s. Um, and uh, I've been thrilled over the years, Skip, to just, uh, I have a whole list of men that I pray for mm-hmm. that are now in leadership. That we had a family foundation. I supported, we supported all of them. And it wasn't the money that I was concerned about, but the relationship. And the thing I think, uh, men, is, is it's relationships are the greatest value 
you'll ever have in life. It's not the money, it's not your assets, uh, but it's it's the desire to relate with one another and then walk with one another through the good times and the bad times and be a friend that somebody can count on when they're in a time of need. And I, I have been able to do that with God's help over these many years and and it's been the most rewarding. Now I'm retired, been retired 10 years from the land development business, but I've got the most re- rewarding retirement that anybody Absolutely. has. Because I do, and a lot of it is in prayer too. You can't just tell people you're gonna pray for them and not pray. Right. If you're gonna move toward people, you wanna, you wanna have the, you wanna care, and you wanna be involved to the point of how can I pray for you, Skip, or John, or whoever mm-hmm. I'm with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you have to stay you have to stay in relationships. You know, most relationships people have are kind of like an, uh, a paper napkin after they've eaten dinner. They just kind oh. of throw it off on the table and, and leave it there. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that's where it stays. And, and I think, uh, men and women, we need to be about loving one another. And loving one another is moving toward one another. And in that, you find the reward of relationship mm-hmm. and interaction. Uh, he, that's that's the abundant life that he's, yeah. he's promised us. Absolutely, and you've had a great helpmate in your wife Mimi. I have she's, had a great helpmate. She and we all need a good helpmate to we keep really us, keep us on track. We and, really, really. And, uh, do. You guys have been a great team together and and have helped uh, a lot of folks. And so, I want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, encouragement now, John? I know that you're a, a, a big proponent of it and a. It's extremely important to me. I've just seen seen over the years, the 30 years of coaching and also being in business and management and all that, how important it is to to have the encouragement that you can give to people. I call it the power of, of positive influence. You know, one of my favorite books is a book called The Call Me Coach by legendary basketball coach John Wooden. Mm-hmm. And I wish everyone in leadership considered them a coach, realizing the huge impact they have on the lives of their players, their teams, their families. But clearly, Coach Wooden um, was known as, as for his character as much as he was for his coaching ability. And those principles that made him a legend in the sports arena are timeless truths which transcend in all areas of life, including the, the business arena and, and even in the family. So... I just wish people would consider themselves a coach because we really are coaches because we all have influence. You're right. We yep. all have a, a little a sphere of influence. A little sphere of influence of people that uh, that are around us. And uh, so this power of positive influence and the fact that people they uh, they need a they need role models, not critics, so much. And I'm going to share a story that was this so important to had a tremendous impact on me. Through all these years of coaching, 30 years of coaching, and that's hundreds of guys per year, and you can f- figure that out over 30 years, and eight, males between the ages of 18 and 22. That's and, a lot of males. And, and uh, you know, I've got most of my health and half my mind left after all that. <laughs> but, you know, it was such a, a rewarding experience, too, because you never know how you're going to influence a, right. a young man's life. Well, I had left Boise State and gone to the University of Missouri as as the new defensive coordinator there, and I was there about two weeks, and a young man came to my door, and he said, Coach Hall, could could I have a, a moment with you? And I said, sure, come on in. He was in his, his 30s, and he said I wouldn't recognize him, and I didn't, but he sat down and, and began to tell me this story. 
And he said, 10 years prior to uh, that day, we had been together at the University of Washington. He was a walk-on player, and I was one of the coaches at the University of Washington. And he said, one day at practice, uh, he said he was messing up. He was fumbling and stumbling and making all kinds of mistakes. And the young coach that was working with him got all over him, was yelling at him, screaming at him, cursing at him, embarrassing him in front of his peers. And he said that I walked over and got between the two of them and faced the young coach and said five words that had a tremendous impact on his life. Well, he had my attention now because I couldn't remember these five words, what I had said. But the five words that I told the young coach that stuck with this player for the rest of his life were, coach him up, not down. Amen. And and we need to be about coaching people up and, and not tearing them down, giving them positive encouragement and not taking encouragement away from them or discouraging them. And so anyway, this young man had gone on to become a pastor in a small town in Missouri. He had driven uh, over an hour to come in and and share this story with me. And he said the the best message he'd ever given, the one most requested by his congregation, was entitled, Coach Him Up, Not Down. And I think that's something that's that we need. We need in our in our that's homes. Great. We need Amen. in our our businesses. We need uh, everywhere in our life. So that coach him up and and not down is is a story that I think has it's it's had a major impact on me and, and a lot of other people. I know it's it's been written about that story, and Chuck Swindoll's had it on his his radio show. And but anyway, I think it's 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 important to recognize that. Encouragement is such a powerful, powerful thing. Now, does the Bible have anything to say about encouragement? Well, let's let's talk about that, John. I'm going to share some things, and I want you to kind of share from your perspective how this maybe has, has uh, influenced you or, or worked in your life. So, first of all, in, in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just in, as in fact you are doing. How does that? Amen. How does that strike you? Well, that's that's what it's all about. Um, life can be lonely. We all have burdens that we pack, and we're we're here to to bear one another's burdens to really kind of come alongside and put an arm around and and walk with uh, our our brothers and sisters out here. I uh, the dictionary. If you look at the what encourage means, the next dictionary is exactly what. Skip said it means to to uplift, mm-hmm. to promote, and uh, everybody needs uh, promotion. Uh, life can knock us all down in every way, and we need to walk. But if you look through all of Paul's epistles, clear clear through to Titus, Thessalonians, and Titus, and all those, and I'm sure Skip's going to share more of those. But the word encouragement comes up all the time, and uh, encouragement. The beautiful thing about encouragement is it gives hope. And you give people a good feeling about who they are in God and in themselves, mm-hmm. and and it, it just gives them the adrenaline to keep on going in life, and lightens the load. Yeah, it lightens the load. Absolutely. Well, I think one of the most fundamental needs that every person has is to be encouraged. You know, it to, is. to give courage to, rather than discouraged or to take courage from. And I like to tell the story about the two, the couple that came home from church one Sunday, and the husband said to his wife, 
He said, I'm never going back to that church again for two reasons. And she said, oh, yeah, what are they? He said, well, number one, I don't like the people there. And number two, they don't like me. <laughs> and so she wanted to be an encouragement to him. So she said, I think you should go back to that church for two good reasons. He said, oh, yeah, what are they? She said, well, number one, you're, a grown, you're supposed to be a grown, mature man. And number two, you're the pastor. <laughs> so, That's good. So who needs encouragement? Everyone needs encouragement. They do. And, and it's, it's such a powerful thing. And I, and I think, Skip, the key is, like I started out earlier, uh, is, you know, God brings people into our lives, into our thoughts, uh, and he does that by his Holy Spirit's influence in our lives. And we need to act upon that. If we don't act upon those, we miss a blessing. Mm. And uh, it takes discipline. And, and it takes setting aside your schedule like I've talked about. It's, it, it takes moving forward and taking the action. But if you take the action, you're going to get the reward too. Yeah, You really, really are. And you don't know... What you've done, you might be a lifeline for somebody that's at a point of just wanting to give up with life. You, you never know exactly where people are. Yep, exactly. But it can, it can be that. Yep, yep. So here's a statement I think is pretty uh, important, too. Uh, encouragement makes it easier to live in a fallen world in a God-honoring way. Amen. How do you feel about that? Well, we're in a battle out here. And the enemy is, is around us all the time, and he's bringing temptation. and. Uh, discouragement, and uh, we need to walk with each other to be lifted out of those kinds of times and be reminded. A lot of times it's just being reminded that God loves us, that uh, Lord, like in Psalm 16, he says, Lord, help me to experience your unfailing love Mm -hmm. today, Mm -hmm. that I may sing for joy and I may be glad this day. Mm-hmm. And we all need to be reminded that that God is with us no matter where we are, Mm -hmm. that we have a friend. And then we challenge one another to good works. That's a lot of what we do, too, is we're, we're a model of Jesus walking around caring for people, and we model that. Still, we're, we're, we struggle with our own sins, but there's a battle going on, and we need to be about the work of, of walking with one another and loving one another yeah. and caring. And caring, really start, it, that's really where it, it all starts. It's, it's caring. It's, it's, do I really love my brother? Well... How do I show that? Well, one way I can show it is to get alongside him and give him a word of encouragement. Yeah, yeah. Say, keep on keeping on. Yep, so, so true. Well, we mentioned about encouragement gives us hope, but I think encouragement also helps us through uh, tough times, times of discipline and testing. And we all go through that. We go through you've, the valleys. You've been through that. You're going through one right now. Exactly. With with my wife who had, had the stroke about uh, nine months ago. And so, yeah, it's certainly a test. And the encouragement that the, we get from the Lord helps us through. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 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 Amen. So another thing that I think encouragement does, it, it helps nurture patience and kindness. And this is something that's much needed in our, in our world, and our culture today. We're, we're such an impatient and hurry up and get out of my way. Narcissistic. And, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Narcissistic society. Yeah, yep. exactly. No, you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 got, I got a little story to tell. In my development business, I had my two sons and all of their friends working for me. And they um, were called the A-Team Landscaping, and they were young. They were in their teenage years. And, and I was really had to be patient with them. And one of uh, my son's best friends, Mark, uh, was a little drug user. And, uh, you know, he, 
he, he was a nice kid, but he was just a, you know, just like me, white on the turn. Sure. And that's the way I look at my life in the yeah. past. I've been really white on the turn. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just tried to love that guy. I remember uh, he joined the, uh, we were up working in Garden Valley on a big project, and he rolled a, he rolled a skid steer off the side of the hill. And I said, oh. I, just, I just laughed. <laughs> I said, well, Mark, you joined the Randy Rollover Club. Anyway, through our loving him and just hanging, you know, him hanging out in our family and stuff, uh, he came to know Christ uh, at a Young Life uh, winter retreat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, of course, he left the drugs and everything. But, and today he's a church planner in Medellin, Colombia. And you, so you never know. That's right. You never know uh, the impact you're, you're going to have. And it might just, like Skip said, it might just be one word. Right. But your life is also modeling what you believe. Yep. People are watching. People are watching. People are definitely watching. Well, we're, we're just about out of time, John, and there's so much more that we could, we could share in this, on this topic. But uh, I think it's, it's important to, to recognize, too, that uh, encouragement helps us live the Christian life. Would you agree with that? Yes, yes, yeah, I would. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the adversity or the crisis that comes along. I learned from Tom Landry, uh, the the legendary coach of the Dallas Cowboys, many years ago. He was in Boise here for a day, and we spent the day together. And he he shared something with me that stuck with me for well to this day. He said, "How we handle." Uh, adversity or crisis is more important than the adversity or crisis itself. And I think that's where the encouragement and the hope helps us along along the way, to work our way through that without uh, going bonkers or, or crazy or making mistakes or doing things that we shouldn't be doing. And that has been such a, a, a teaching moment for me. It's a good, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Well, John, again, I just really appreciate uh, all that you do for uh, a lot of other people in the community and within your family, and and uh, we just want to thank you so much for being a guest on Game Plan for Life. Thank you, Skip. Real privilege to be here. Game Plan for Life with Coach Skip Hall is brought to you by the following sponsors: Christian Brothers Automotive. Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Domino's, oh yes we did. Bronco Motors, trust is the bottom line at Bronco. Allen Marsh Travel Center, St. Alphonsus Medical Center, Ryman's Paint and Window Coverings, family owned and Idaho grown. Clothesline Cleaners, visit clotheslinecleaners.com. Rocket Express Car Wash, it's a blast. And Hoffman Auto Body. Hoffman Auto Body, someone you can trust. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the Game Plan for Life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory.